<laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's episode 74 of Stick and Ring Podcast. And fuck, the Canucks suck. Boys, how you doing? Josh, Raffle, Elijah, the hosts of Stick and Rink. Josh, we'll start with you. How are you, sir? I'm good, boys. Um, what did you think of the intro? I liked it. Okay, no I, need to I, lie. I really liked it. Okay. Um, I mean, you switched it up a little bit, but uh, yeah, we're good. I'm doing well. Nice. Raffi? I'm doing good. I just got my second wind of the night, so I'm chilling. What the fuck do you mean by second wind? I, I woke up. Oh. Yeah, because like, I was like dead tired maybe an hour ago, and then we just sat here dicking around on our phones for about the last 45 minutes. Yeah. And now I'm now I'm just good to go again. Dude, I literally got off work early so we could record this episode and we're on track as if I didn't get off work early. I <laughs> yeah, probably it, could. We're just, on track yeah. as if you got off late. Yeah. Starting an hour late. <laughs> starting an hour late. We Fuck, showed up dude. over an hour and a half ago. I know. Boys, I'm sorry about this. We just hit record now. Just so everyone's aware, uh, Raf gave me and Elijah Peppermint Halo from the store Sage. Boys, I'm like... I'm having a hard time like I'm thinking of buzzing a little bit right <laughs> whenever now. Whenever like, you guys are talking, I'm not thinking of what to say next. I'm, I'm thinking, thinking about like my temple my, is on fire. Yeah, my temple feels like it's got a cinnamon heart digging into it right now. <laughs> it's kind of nice, hey? I, you know what? <laughs> I don't mind it, but I want to sleep and I feel like this may not help. <laughs> you know what? You know what I <laughs> you, you know what I relate the feeling to? Huh. It's like when you chew mint gum mm-hmm. and then you drink water. Love that. Yeah, yeah, great feeling. Dude, there's something about like just like burning or like freezing the inside of your mouth especially like the um you know what's deadly is you know like the halls the black halls oh boy yeah drink fucking ice cold water with those you won't feel your teeth for like 20 minutes it's wild it's like (laughs) yeah it's like numbing cream like that's so just going in for a root canal next time he does it just do that you're chilling dude how sick would it be to just get numbing cream like over the counter is that possible how follow question how sick would it be if your body just develops to the point where you can just numb a random part of it yeah whenever if you, you want. like if you focus that would actually yeah, be yeah, yeah. a numb, sweet like, superpower to have that's yeah. like a it's like i can numb anything including like my broken heart or yeah. something or if like a girl puts a finger up your hoop and you're like oh, i want to numb that i don't want to feel <laughs> that <laughs> or like if you ever like go to jail or something and you're like okay well i dropped the soap but let's yeah. just tighten up the old booty hole <laughs> well i wouldn't tighten it up you'd numb it so you yeah you numb it <laughs> but then like you might wake up the next hallway. morning and then you'd be like, oh, <laughs> Ow. you forget about it. You might have to numb it for like oh. the next like two days or Man. something. What if you can only numb one thing at a time and you have to numb something else? you gotta pick you gotta do it for the greater good man do you unnumb your like do you unnumb your booty hole or do you unnumb your broken or, left or arm? you maybe like get up in the morning <laughs> after you get it up the pooper and you like stub your toe and you're like Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> be so sick. That'd be hilarious. How did we get here? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, guys, it's episode seventy-four um, today, and uh, what's happening this episode? We got Satyar Shaw as our guest interview. Yeah, hilarious interview with him. Sportsnet six fifty. Six fifty. The prime time slot. Doing the program with Andrew Walker pregame and postgame for the Canucks. <laughs> um, I'm still I'm still mystified as to how people that actually actually have credibility agree to come on our podcast and yeah 
Like, hey, you know what? You you come here not knowing who we are, and you leave knowing who the fuck we are. That's yeah, for sure. seriously, dude. That's who the we're fuck still we are. here. Yeah, we just got here, but we're still oh, here. We're coming for you. Whoever whoever thinks they're the best podcast, we're coming for you. Yeah, A little Brady mentality. Yeah, we'll come for you. Uh, we do have another segment of goats and woats coming. Um, the goats and woats topic of this week is going to be types of balls. Um, obviously up for their interpretation. Not there. who has the bigger ones, or the best looking scrotum. <laughs> we did not look at each other's <laughs> balls for the last 45 minutes. I swear. Yeah, we promise. <laughs> that would have taken two hours to analyze. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, and other Just than that, over the smell, we are really diving in. Let's do it. We're about to dive into what was a pretty lopsided loss for the Canucks. Uh, game four, final score, three, one St. Louis. Um, they came about 10 times. We didn't come. Yeah. Um, it sucked. Dude, it, um, it, it's a tough loss. You know, we came into game two uh, or game three and we're like, okay, hey, we're up to nothing. Like, you're in good shape. When you're up to nothing, even, even if you you lose game three, like, we're still ahead in the series. Um, but St. Louis, man, like, you know, I don't know if Vancouver is starting to get a little complacent. But, dude, like, these guys are the Stanley Cup champs, defending Stanley Cup champs. For a reason. They are built to win. And I just the last two games, like, we've gotten outplayed. You know, arguably the, the third game, we've kind of beaten it enough. But whatever. It's just a missed assignment costs you the game in overtime. Those mistakes can't happen. Um, but I feel like in this game, like, it was just stupid penalties. Uh, you know, arguably maybe the refs kind of had a... And I hate blaming games on the refs. I can, I hate it. But so you know, continue to go back to blaming it. Go ahead. Yeah, but you, um, <laughs> we watched we watched the penalty package, and and you're right though. Like there there's certain calls that were made that they could go either way, especially the way that I think game three was refed, where it was like everything was, or was it game two maybe? Oh, it was game three. Was let, it game let everything three, go? Where everything was sliding. So it's like, yeah. well, like which one is it? I know that every ref is going to be different, and that's fine, and that's cool. But then, why don't we just try and have the the medium of it? You yeah. know, I think that's maybe the most frustrating part, especially when you're coming down on the losing end. Yeah, you know, you come down on the losing end where you're letting the boys play. It's like okay, the game is not unfair, but then you go into game four, and now you're just like on the complete other side of the spectrum. Yeah. And now it's now it's an excuse. Two two never felt like such an obstacle before, or such a hill to climb. Totally, because it does not feel like two two right now. No. Um, something a little different this episode. We are we are pleased to be joined by Raffle, the hockey guy, to give his opinion on what's going on right now. Raffle, uh, what do you think? Get what do you think transpired? Uh, well, the big thing that I noticed with the game yesterday was that the Canucks just seemed kind of gassed. And I don't know if it's just because of the beating that they took the night before, or them playing a double header, but it seemed like they just weren't out there with the kind of energy that we saw in the first and second game. Yeah, like, if you think about great. it, what, the third game went into overtime, the boys were skating hard, they were giving it their all, and then at the end of the day, they just got beat up a little bit, they didn't get mm-hmm. the W, and then yeah. going into the game on Monday, it just, it's almost like that energy carried over from overtime into the game. Absolutely. Yeah, Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, be- when you say beaten down, like completely beaten down physically, totally. not so much on like it wasn't a lopsided game by, by neither means, of them but, were, yeah. but all, every game they've been getting crushed in the hits department. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Even crushed statistically doesn't make sense because it's been close, but it's a different type of St. Louis team, man. Like they, they hit heavy, they play heavy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, going back to your point, Josh, I mean, um, it's it, 2-2. 
like I said, it's never felt like such an obstacle before because it's all momentum. And, yeah. and I don't know if complacency is the right word, but I think we finally have seen what St. Louis actually is. Yeah, what um, they're made of. And may, maybe the complacency came because the Canucks, the Canucks knew that wasn't the, the, the true St. Louis team through games one and two, but maybe totally. they didn't realize how much more they had. Yeah. Because... It, it was it was men against boys in, in game game four there yeah and and touching on the penalties I mean so here here's the end end result is that we had more power plays than them mm-hmm. we went over seven yeah. um really the none none of the game can be part of the game can be blamed on the ref but a very small small part and the only reason that it's able to do that is because they won the special teams battle yeah that like they the, the five to capitalize exactly like yeah. they had a couple penalties that were not we're not certain penalties against them. Yep. And, and the boys just, I mean, the, the first power play unit, they're getting like what seems like a minute and a half, every power play. And mm-hmm. you know, last, I, I, I might even have a hot take here for you and say the St. Louis power plays look better than the Canucks. Mm-hmm. The last two games. Yeah. Like every power play. And, and you can point out how many goals the Canucks power play have scored, but it's almost like the the good and the very bad with the power play because it's either they they score a sick pretty good like it's very hit or miss yeah or else they can't even get in the zone yeah whereas st louis yeah they don't score all the time but they're getting petrangelo's taking two point shots every power play yeah and you know what it is though as well is like we saw this in the regular season like the canucks like i think i brought the statistic up at, at one point but i think i counted up x amount of games what the record was when they scored I think it was five or more goals in a game. Like, and obviously it hasn't really happened in this series. I think if at all, like the Canucks haven't scored five in a game yet. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think, I think we might, I don't think so. I think no. four might've been the one. Um, but like, I think the thing is though, is like when the Canucks like don't score like at least like four goals, like they're getting the shit kicked out of them. It seems like they need yeah. to put the puck in the net. And like, you and I have said like earlier earlier on the year, the Canucks have not had a lot of close games. Like there weren't a lot of two one wins, one nothing, three twos. Like, and that's what playoff hockey is. Like you're not going to get five goals every single night. Like what they were doing in the regular season. Like it, yeah. it's not going to happen. Game one five two for the Canucks. Game one but, five two. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're right. Like you're not. This isn't a regular season game where you get. You know, yeah. you get you get tons of these goals night after night like that. No. It's only going to get tighter hockey as yeah. you go into games five, six, and then hopefully seven. Yeah. Um, and, and I kind of want to go back to the special teams some more and just hammer away at it because you know the Canuck, the the Blues penalty kill was was actually dissected quite a bit to a point where they said like they they don't move a lot. And I I'm going to fight that point. Like these guys, they work on the penalty kill. Like I, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed. Anytime our guys get the puck in the corner. With how dangerous they are with the puck, these guys pressured them a lot. And the physicality, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the physicality. It's the size of their defensemen. Like, they can afford to kind of, I don't want to say cheat a little, but they can afford to be a little bit more physical because they're big and they can still skate. Yeah. You know, like they're they're, monsters. They're good. Like Pareko, Petrangelo, who else is on that blue line? Uh, Justin Falk, like yeah, Vince Dunn, Vince Dunn, like Gunnarsson and, and, uh, Scandella. Yeah. Like they're fucking huge. Like, yeah. you know, so it, it's one of those things. Right. And I agree. Like the special teams, I'm not really even going to put that much pressure on the, on the second unit for, uh, for Vancouver. Like you said, we're seeing the first unit for a minute and a half. So yeah. the second unit doesn't really come into play. Um, but that first unit, like you need to capitalize, like 
it's just too good for it not to work it seems yeah. so but that's the thing i mean when you stack this is the same against any team whether it's uh special teams or not when you stack one line yes it's it's a lot of talent on one line and it's a lot to figure out but when you figure it out it's pretty much the whole team yeah you've neutralized it that's that's the canucks at that point if they're if the top dogs aren't scoring including that lotto line and horvat those four guys if they're not scoring no one's scoring yeah and so yeah. um raf actually want your opinion on this one on the like the oh, both of you guys' opinion on so we're looking back now. We knew Demko wasn't starting that game. Yeah. Um, but we're recognizing that the world of goaltenders in almost every sport and the, and the way teams approach sports is completely changing in all types of ways with analytics and all that stuff. Yeah. What looking back, does any party you wish they started Demko? Even though Markstrom played great, any party? Go ahead. Wishing you go with a backup goalie in a playoff game. No, I don't think so. I think Markstrom's been playing great this whole time. Yeah. I mean, there have been a couple holes in our defense. Like, like what was it? We were watching uh, one of the highlights today from the game the other night, and it showed, what was it, two of our defenders? It was Stetcher and someone else who went after the guy Adler. in the corner. Edler, yeah. who went after the guy in the corner and left. Was it Perron open to take the shot? Ryan O'Reilly. Perron's the one that was. made the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but still, it's like we like we're seeing things like that time and time again, and it's yeah. not necessarily he's getting hung out to dry. Yeah, for sure. Markstrom's not really being set up for success in that situation. <sighs> Definitely no, not. I I agree. Um, I forget who was it that uh we interviewed that said this. It could have been Walker. Um, when I asked him, you know, do we see Markstrom or uh, Demko in the series? And he said no, unless like Vancouver gets absolutely blown out. And, like, you're just trying to give this guy a break, or if there's an injury, obviously, you'll put him in. Yeah. I think this is still Markstrom's crease, regardless of how much, like, they get blown out. Like, yeah. Philly pulled Carter Hart after 3 nothing. Vigneault kind of made the call being like, you know, this isn't your night, whatever. Habs won 5 nothing. The game's a wash. Started in the next game. He's gone two shutouts in a row. Yeah. You know, like, it, it's one of those things where, you know, this team – even though, like, they're not obviously the youngest team, especially Markstrom, um, like, this team is new to the playoffs. Like, they're fresh baby shit. Like, yeah. they're, you know, they're new to the dance. So, and I think as a, um, you know, as a Canucks fan, like, what were we expecting? Like, this wasn't obviously going to be a fucking four-game sweep. No. Like, we're clearly, we weren't the favorites coming into the series. You know, to be honest, the fact that this series is actually going to five right now, when you're looking at all the other series, like... You're guaranteed Chicago, to go to six, like, which is hilarious. Like, Vegas, um, Vegas just beat Chicago 4-1. Yeah, first um, handshake of the Capitals barely just hung on today, but they're still down 3-1 the series. Columbus is down 3-1. Carolina's down 3-1. Uh, Phoenix is down uh, 3-1. Like, you know, it's only Calgary and Dallas series that's actually going beyond game six, like at least a guaranteed game six. Yeah. You know, so I'm not re- – like, I'm pretty happy with this. Oh, absolutely. So far. I, and uh, well, that, it's it's the funny conversation of your expectation – like, you, you move the bar, you know? Totally. Like, you, you can't change the bar. You can't change the goalposts. No. I mean, what were your expectations? Yeah. The, to win any games against the defending cup champions, regardless yeah. of how they play. Yeah. Um. No, I, and I think I've been trying to word this in my mind about, like, losing's good for this team. Like, losing – maybe they not losing – need to deal with some adversity. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would not do much for this team if, like, this is just a, a very um, vacuum scenario, but it's to kind of explain my thinking is that 
if if the Canucks only played one playoff series this year, and mm-hmm. let's let's not even say there was a cup awarded it, let's just say it was one playoff series and it was just for experience, you get more out of losing a seven game series than you do sweeping. Totally. Winning for nothing. Yeah. Like you get more out of losing. It's just a fact. Yeah. Maybe maybe if you win the series mm-hmm. in seven games, you might get something, but I think you get more out of losing seven games because they're just you, you find like you're defeated in such a way where you're like, okay, like we're we're all a young team. Yeah. Clearly, what we're doing right now is very good. It's not good enough. Mm-hmm. We got to change something. Yeah. Do you, do you think that they gained the most in a situation like this where they've lost two games straight and then they come back and win another two? Kind of like in streaky fashion where yeah. it's not back to back. As opposed to just being like a back and forth one on one type of game. <sighs> I think I think it's a way bigger mental challenge because like it's it really like if you have any kind of confidence issue with your personal play or your team play. Yeah two straight losses like that really put you like fuck we might not have this 100 percent. and yeah. if they're able to bounce back from it then it just puts them in a way better mental state being like we've done this one so we can do it before yeah, yeah. or we've done it before we can do it again definitely and i i just wonder if maybe by like if i had to choose where if i'd rather go like one punch one punch one punch one punch or just like we went to they went to back and forth like that mm-hmm. um I, like I'd, I'd hope I'd rather do the one game just because it seems the other way the team would I imagine the way they're winning games and losing games is they're really riding the highs and really riding the lows yeah because yeah. right you know? now we're seeing you're essentially seeing St. Louis build momentum with these past two wins that they've had and then yeah. the Canucks are just cold yeah and, and every part of their game yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah I mean it's yeah I agree with Raph and um, you know two nothing obviously St. Louis I feel like the pressure was a lot more on them in game three because you can't go down three nothing like you just can't yeah that's it's so hard to come back from they came close like it was an overtime game yeah you know like we were close yeah we were we were that close and um and then i think heading into game five here like i'd say the pressure is more on the canucks i would say definitely um you know because you're gonna have to back this up like we're we're square again this might as well be a zero zero series and it's a best of three now yeah you know so it's it's gonna be a huge test and you know what though i think it's good to lose two and be like okay these guys are here for a reason so are we yeah but i think it's a wake-up call you know i think maybe the canucks took him too lightly to be honest could be um Yeah, here's a big here's a big conversation I kind of want to have is about time on ice. Um, okay. It was a big story after Game Three, the amount that Tyler Mott got, and just the the allocation amongst everyone. Totally. Um, so first of all, Tyler Mott in this game he got less than 11 minutes, so he went from 24 minutes the other night in Game Two, yeah, or Game Three, game Three, and then to less than 11 minutes in Game Four. Yeah. And meanwhile, I think he was just as effective in in both games. Yeah. He's still playing his same kind of style. Very hardworking. Yeah. Not a lot of offense, but being yeah. a water bug out there. Totally. Um, other guys, I mean, we had Quinn Hughes play almost 29 minutes. Yeah. Uh, that's significantly up considering it wasn't even an overtime game. Yeah. Um, tons of power play time, I imagine. That's why. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, I mean, you're seeing you're seeing guys like Patterson, the, the main guys for us, the four big guys, they're getting anywhere from 22 to 25 minutes. Yeah. They're getting chances. I mean, you're not having a Babcock storyline come out where you're not playing your guys enough. That's what I was right about to say. I'm like, you know what? I feel like there obviously could have been some criticism if, you know, Travis Green is truly believing in rolling like all four lines. And, and I believe you can do that earlier on the series to just kind of like you know, rest your guys up for when the games really start to count, I guess. And get everyone into it though. Like, you know, yeah. And and like kind of get the ball rolling and yeah, because you can't, especially against a game, 
a team like St. Louis, like you can't roll three lines throughout a full seven game series. Like you can't, like they're going to beat the shit out of you. Like you need that rest. And, um, you know, maybe like my question to you is the physicality that St. Louis is putting on our first and second line. You know, do you think it's actually more detrimental to actually be rolling three lines than it is to four? It's like, yes, Pedersen, Miller, the Lotta line, Horvat's line, they're not going to be on the ice for that long. But when they are, they're going to be a little bit more well-rested. Yeah, and, I see that. Okay, yeah. So yeah. less ice time is, is well, the, Yeah, the and question. I'm not saying by like a lot here. Like, you don't know, yeah, by like three or four minutes, like get these guys to 20. Yeah. Um, but well, okay, so it, it explains Hughes ice time and mm-hmm. it does really explain these guys as the power play. Yeah. Um, well, th- this power play unit, they're getting a minute and a half almost every time. Yeah. Minute 20 to a minute and a half every time. Yeah. And that right there is a, on seven power plays. Like, yeah. How much, how much power play time is that? That's, well, that's like seven. 90 seconds every time. Yeah. That's almost seven minutes of power play time. Like, yeah. That's crazy, true. You know? Yeah. So then I guess you add on the other more than seven minutes. I don't even know if that math was anywhere near right. Seven. I was be, paying attention. It'd be seven it times 90, whatever that is into minutes. So who's a math guy here? Oh, fuck me up on that. That's six hundred and thirty minutes. Seven times ninety. So yeah. Who is this guy? Six. Yeah. Nice. And then and what then is that into minutes? That's ten and a half. Ten, ten and, and a half minutes. Close to seven. <laughs> ten and a half minutes. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I guess when you put it in, into that perspective, when you're if those guys are playing power plays, like you're seven penalties, and Hughes is playing almost twenty nine. Yeah, like nineteen minutes of five on five. 10 and yeah. a half of power play, which, yeah, I guess makes sense. Some other notes from, from the time of ice. I think Erickson had less than 10 minutes of ice. I time. don't want to talk about him, but he so that's the, the fucking thing. So matter. the I guy, hate that guy, yeah. I fucking hate it. Yeah, was, I watch that highlight again. Tough. I'm just like, I can't like, I can't deal with this guy. It's a completely different game. If he gets that, that yeah. rap, that little rap shot in, um, so he gets less than 10 minutes though. So it doesn't, he's not playing on the Horvat line consistently. No, like, he's not. Um, either, he's obviously not playing any power play time, but um, other than that, the main one I wanted to have is about the defense because, as much as Edler or sorry, as much as Hughes is playing very well, um, twenty nine minutes is I think is a bit high. Um, that's high, like that's I like Duncan so. Keith, like Western Conference Final high. Yeah, and like, yeah, this guy locks it down. So, but the main guys I want to talk about is Edler and Stetcher. They're both really struggling since Myers has been out. It's so bad. The minutes have been up. And What's the, the update has on been Myers? Down. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. I, I I I never heard the diagnosis. I mean, I think you're just getting the con the unfit to play bullshit. <sighs> and I haven't heard any rumors of him being back for Wednesday. So, yeah. I imagine status quo of just not happening. But it, um, yeah. Either way, so my theory is that I, I actually think that so Edler and Stetcher both had around twenty minutes of ice time. They're the second pair. They're, they're the three and four guys. Ben and Ben and Fantenberg, they got about ten minutes Where's each. Where's Tanev? Uh he's with Hughes. Oh, Hughes, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't see Tanev. I imagine he's gotta be he's gotta up be up around there. twenty. Yeah, he's probably twenty two minutes, I yeah. would say. And so what my what my conversation really is about is is Fantenberg and Ben, I think they're kind of the answer for how, at least temporarily, if, if if Myers isn't coming back anytime soon, I think they're kind of the answer for for Edler and Stetcher not playing that well. Like yeah. I think I think they you can you can balance the minutes out 15-15 with those guys because yeah. Ben played very well. 
And yeah. Vanberg played pretty well the last two games. Mm-hmm. At least a lot better than Edler is playing, in my opinion. Yeah, Edler Edler's not playing well. Stetcher, like, he's just getting bullied out there. Like, I think there's maybe... I don't know if there's, like, this frustration or, like... But he's making just mental mistakes. And, yeah, and on top of that, he's was, getting... He, like, yeah. St. Louis is frustrating him. Like, they're kicking the shit out of him in the corner. So... yeah. You know, this this is what we expect, though. This is what a central team is. Yeah. So moving forward next year, we're not going to have this reseeding bubble. Like, if you want to get to the Western Conference Final, you're going to have to play a central division team. So this is maybe a good warm-up. I mean, arguably, like, you know, could the Canucks have beaten the Pacific team? Could they have beaten Edmonton? Sure. Could they have beaten Calgary? Calgary? Sure. Arizona? Sure. I think Vegas is probably the toughest task, but... Eventually, you're going to have to meet Colorado, fucking Winnipeg, fucking Dallas, or um, uh, or St. Louis. Louis. Yeah, Yeah. or St. Louis. Like, you know, so this could be a blessing in disguise for him to get that experience that I know you love. Definitely. Yeah, you know I love that experience. Yeah. Um, Lastly, why don't we... So, going into game five tomorrow, uh, this being recorded on Tuesday, dropping on Thursday, the game will have already happened, but here's our chance to look like geniuses. I kind of want to give each of us a chance to say give us a script on how you think the canucks it's not so much a prediction on how how you think the game's gonna go but if i told you the canucks win give me the script on how they do it um i think the rest from game four is actually really gonna help them i think raf made a really good point like they just seem they just seem gassed like from the night before and you know you always have like those back-to-backs where you can go to like a different city and everything like that's like dude like you're right back at it you're in the same hotel room you're walking the same way to the arena like you know it's easy to just kind of get in your own head about that and i feel like maybe the canucks had a little bit of uh mental relapse there but going into game five um if the canucks are gonna win they need the power play to click like they need it to. The first unit just has to find a way. Yeah. Um, you know, Jake Allen, I'd say, has played pretty well. Um, Definitely. If not, if not good, like really good. Um, you know, I think you need to find a way, you know, honestly, like Tarasenko leaving, you know, that's that's a huge offensive tool that you're leaving. Yeah. So, you know, they've neutralized Bo Horvat in games three and four. It's our turn to neutralize O'Reilly. Like, this guy is fucking dominant. We saw yeah. that in game four. So, you got to stick Louis Erickson on him like fucking glue. Yeah. I th- <laughs> Honestly, I think you neutralize O'Reilly and your power play, and you're going to be fine. Okay. That's what I would say. Special and Markstrom, just keep, just you do you, B. <laughs> you do you. If you're getting hung out to dry that, like, I don't know what yeah. this guy expects. Like, you know, you shake it off and you hope your team does. Yeah. Better, like you. you just tell the guys like, guys, like I need tighter fucking defensive play. Like yeah. there's not much this guy can do. No kidding. Raph, what's the script here? I'm kind of echoing what Josh said in this. I think Canucks need to play some pretty solid lockdown defense. Uh, I think they need to draw some penalties out of St. Louis and then mm-hmm. just ultimately capitalize on the power play. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I don't think that we're going to get another game like game four where there's a ton of opportunity. I don't think we're getting seven power plays again. No. Um, so I think, I mean, I could, I could make a consensus and say, probably going to get two or three power plays. And if you don't score in any of them, I don't see us winning this game. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you can keep their power play off the board, there's a chance there, there just needs to be a different Canucks team. Like yeah. this, this, the, the Canucks team that won games one and two, the way they won it, it's not happening again. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to get the end 10 goals by Bo and the, the ton of opportunity in special teams. So I think that 
whether it's whether it's a different mat uh not matchups but line combinations and and d combinations or if it's just a completely different style of play like travis green's got to do some coaching here so yeah that's where i think it's it's got to be something different, something we haven't seen from them yet. Mm-hmm. I think the one big thing that we'll have to utilize is actually all the skill that we have amongst our team. Because like St. Louis did a really good job of adapting to the Canucks style of play over the first uh, two games. So in games yeah. three and four, we saw them using their size, using their body a little bit more, right? Yeah. So the Canucks kind of got to adapt to that now and just capitalize on what they have going for them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, echoing what Raf is saying is um, going into the series – the Canucks need to use their speed. If you can outskate St. Louis, yeah. what's going to happen? The sticks are going to start coming out. They're going to start taking tripping calls, whatever it may be. Um, it's I, NH- it's I, NHL 20, dude. Skate by Josh. He'll poke. Oh, my God. Seriously. Let's it's go. so tempting. <laughs> uh, I think the other thing is, though, is, you know, first two games, like JT Miller, like he was a factor, but he wasn't a huge factor. And I, I always found like during the regular season, like when Pedersen was going cold, when Horvat was off to a slow start and Besser wasn't performing, like Miller was the one that like still like even if we were losing, like Miller was on that score sheet. So yeah. I find it's kind of like trading places. It's like if Pedersen and Horvat and Besser are going cold, which they have been, Miller is kind of the one like he got the goal yesterday. He's still keeping it competitive and kind of keeping the ball rolling. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping that Pedersen and Horvat get hot so Miller can, you know, he doesn't have to make like any like forced play and everything like that. Yeah, so I agree. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's about time we kick it over to our interview with Satyar Shaw of Sportsnet 650, an absolute certified beautician um great interview obviously some of the some of the conversation will be a bit dated with us talking kind of about game four and game five um however we talked a lot about radio and we talked a lot about just his life in general and it was it was an awesome time so yeah let's kick it over on to him we've done it again we've caught ourselves an a-list celebrity <laughs> the local hero the canucks fan since he was a little man satyar shaw of sportsnet 650 how you doing satyar I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. That's a very um, liberal use of the word, though, I would say. I mean, you know, it's A-list. I mean, depending on the sliding scale of radio, if we're, if we're, if we're, if we're grading it on a bell curve or something, yeah. I might be inclined to agree. Otherwise, yeah, you guys could probably do better. Well, yeah, well, I, I've, I've, really been, <laughs> I've been deciding trying to how to model our podcast and what kind of, what kind of, vibe we go for and i'm trying to model it i think after tmz where we just you know we shoot the headline no. go for it and whatever the whatever the blowback is we just deal with it you know just <laughs> that's uh hey listen man like anytime you can like generate discussion and all that i mean that's half the battle right so exactly i mean i, I See, mean as long as you can handle the fire you're fine right if you put exactly. yourself in the jackpot and you can handle the fire daily then get after it if you can't then maybe Take it easy. Well, speaking of handling the fire, I mean, for our guests that aren't familiar with you, you do the program on Sportsnet 650 pretty much pregame and postgame on the Canucks game and the primetime slot on on weekdays. And most of all, doing with the fire, you're co-host with Andrew Walker, who, I mean, I made the comparison during an interview. He's, He's almost a Stephen A. Smith of Vancouver in the making. So, like, handling the fire is right up your alley, right? 
Well, I mean, before I got into broadcasting, I was considering a few different career paths. One was, you know, law, and I, and I considered maybe being a firefighter. Little did I know that I would have to become an expert on boat working with Andrew Walker. So here you go. <laughs> no kidding, eh? Well, that actually, that actually brings us, we, we were going to kind of start out with there. Give, give us a bit of background on, on how you ended up where you are. I mean, um, maybe just a, a, a Coles Notes version and getting into how you ended up with Sports and 650 at this point. Well, long story short, I mean, just like everybody else, I mean, I, I wanted to be a professional athlete. And once that dream fizzled, and I remember vividly the day sitting in grade 11 uh, uh, chemistry class and realizing that I did not have what it takes to be a professional athlete. Then I was figuring out, okay, where do I go from this point on? And broadcasting was always a passion of mine, especially with sports. And I, I always wanted to be involved in sports one way or another. Long story short, I get into broadcasting, work in FM radio, Z95 for a year, go to small town, Edson, Alberta for three years, cut my teeth two hours west of Edmonton. So I got asked access to the Oilers and Eskimos, which helped me out. Came back to Vancouver, almost left the radio business because I wasn't getting where I wanted to get to. Get a break, uh, working at NW for a couple of years. Then I get into TSN 1040. It was Team 1040 at the time, yeah. back in 2013. I can't. I mean, the years are all like muddled at this point. But 2013, <laughs> I think it was. Finally, got my foot in the door at, at TSN and uh, had a lot of fun working with Jake and Dave. And I love both those guys for the experience and both being uh, great learning tools for me, man. I mean, two radio legends. You learn what to do and what not to do. Uh, in many instances as well, but I love working with those guys. They both were big fans of mine and allowed me a platform to grow and gain somewhat notoriety. And I was lucky enough when 650 decided to open up shop that uh, they liked my work and uh, they shot me an offer. And next thing you know, no, I'm here at 650 the past three years. And, you know, it's just been up, you know, up, up since. Yeah. And so I've been very and from there, you're just lucky. getting titles like A-list celebrity. I mean, you're nailing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Hey, listen, I mean, uh, like I said, maybe one day when I, when I guest star in some B, you know, B-rated movie or something, may, maybe then we can, we can come up with that moniker and I'll, yeah. and I'll, I'll own it then. <laughs> well, you know what? We, we appreciate you being humble. Um, we certainly aren't really masters in that, in that, uh, in that art there. Um, so it's good to have someone kind of level the playing field for us. Um, only publicly, well, right? Here, here's the thing. I mean, I, I'm only going to say all the right things publicly. If you get to know me after a while, you're like, man. <laughs> What you're saying is what if, we get, if, we, if we get the rum or a couple of beers into set, then, then the truth starts to fly a bit more, or the, the unfiltered part. The hot takes yeah. are yeah. too. <laughs> a half or a baker's dozen or so, then yeah, for sure, yeah. we'll get there. I, I kind of firmly, like, I, I, this, this is not a tried and true method, but I kind of think this where, you know, if, you st if I started going and having beers with radio guys frequently, I feel like the point, everyone has that point where you recognize someone's not drunk, but they're like, all right, they're, they're like, they're loose. And I feel like with radio guys, it might be a little bit more obvious because maybe the radio voice goes away, you know, like before yeah, to some degree. Yeah. I mean, to some degree, but one of the things that radio people got used to at an early, early, you know, stage of this industry is you're forced to work a lot of hours and not making a lot of money, especially early on. So sometimes when you're working that overnight shift and, you know, you're, you're doing one or two breaks on FM radio, you might have snuck in a Mickey or, you know, a six pack or something. <laughs> so there has been training on the job, you know, working those, you know, godforsaken shifts when you're trying to make it. Yeah. Are you telling me that you're just shotgunning White Claws before you're on air? Is that like the pregame <laughs> ritual? Is that what we're doing right now? White Claws, way too much sugar, boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your body's a temple, right? Yeah. You got to. 
well, I mean, listen, I mean, if you got neutrals or something like that, you know, beer is okay. You know, I, I can't do too many beers because it just messes with my stomach nowadays. As I get older, I become more and more intolerant of beer. I don't know. I don't know why, but the neutrals are great for that. We might have to bump you down to A minus after that comment, Sat. Yeah. Come on. That's <laughs> a B list. <laughs> hey, we know Luke, the bartender, would not be endorsing yeah. that comment right now. Oh, oh no. Uh, I mean, hey, uh, when I'm when I'm hanging in with Luke, then then you know it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, all is very in love with with, with love the with Luke's bar thing. tab. I love it. Well, um, it's the best when you're working with with Luke. It's like when he's trying to send you out, you still get like four shots, and it's like I'm just trying to leave. Like I'm trying to go home, and you know you're trying to. He's like, here, have four more shots before you go home, so you can't you can't walk straight. I'm like, great. Yeah, so you can crawl home instead. <laughs> That's the game. All right, uh, hockey talk. Yeah, Canucks podcast. That's Canucks what we podcast. Are. That's what we are. Elijah just goes down the rabbit hole for like yeah. twenty minutes, and then you're like, "Oh, I gotta go because <laughs> I actually have a job to do." So. Literally throwing Ritalin at my face <laughs> yeah. as I'm talking. Um, so <laughs> honestly, we don't have to get too much into yesterday's game, but I just want your opinion mm. on this. So yesterday's goal, uh, OT winner, whose fault? If anyone. If anyone. The rotation wasn't good enough. I mean. Uh, Totally. Listen, you can't blame Quinn on that, right? Like, let's be real. That's what Quinn does. We, we encourage yeah. Yeah. Quinn to take over games, you know, do things that a normal defenseman wouldn't do. So it's absolutely asinine to put that on him. That's mm-hmm. what he does. And when he pinches in, that means, you know, the, the third forward or whoever else gets caught in the rotation, depending on what happened on the shift, has to rotate back. And yeah. the second guy, Troy Stetcher, had a horrible read on that play. He really did. He played it way too close and allowed Shen to get behind him. So yeah. I, put, I put that on uh, F3, the third forward who's supposed to rotate into that spot when Quinn pinches down. And the second one being Troy. Like, Troy misplayed. I mean, Troy had a tough game. And I loved Troy. And before on the pregame show, I was like, I'm really excited to see Troy getting elevated. Here's an opportunity. You know, if he can handle the bigger minutes, maybe that says a lot about how far he's come. And he had a really hard time. Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like Troy, like he got beat up a little bit too, a couple times yesterday. And like, it, it seemed like he was just having a rough one. Like it just wasn't his night. Um, so uh, honestly, I don't think there's really too much to touch on um, about yesterday's game. Like there it's, it is what it is. You kind of broke even. it down yesterday. It was pretty even. It was pretty close. Um, this night's game. Do you think any line shakeups are coming from Travis green at all? Or do you think it's same lotto line than Horvat's line? So for everything I've heard to this point, and we're still a few hours away from puck drop, and I mm-hmm. haven't, you know, I do a quick check again before, and right now it's hard to get information with everything going on and the vacuum that is the bubble with information yeah. not yeah. getting me out at it's all. Honestly, a coach's dream. There's little, <laughs> you know, like Travis is loving this. Like Travis is sitting there, like after you know post game, and you know he was probably pissed off because he lost the other night. But most of these nights he's sitting there and cackling. If he has a burner account on Twitter, he's just loving everybody yeah. losing their mind about not being able to get information. So no, he's lapping it up. But as it stands right now. I'm I'm expecting the same lineup guys yeah nice and and that's that's a funny thing because well not a funny thing but it's it, it could be a debated one i mean we could i was listening to Richio, the reach deep show on the way here and obviously they're having the conversation about about the demco possibility and and it, we know that's not going to happen but i mean there's an argument that could be made for jake i mean or i, I even thought you know I, I was making comments on twitter and i, I was talking to friends about how McEwen was going to be one of the most important canucks come game two and three and I thought game two, he was, you know, he played really well, not a lot of minutes, but I mean, the fight kind of, it it set a tone for physical or physicality, but um, in game three, I mean, kind of his fault on fault coming through there. 
and there was a couple tough giveaways as well. So I, I don't know. I could see the argument being made for, for Jake or for him, but the only problem is, is Godet doesn't really bring what you're missing. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like Godet, but you're right. It's not going to really change, you know, the dynamic of the game that much. And, you know, perhaps he plays with more energy and, and he capitalizes on an opportunity, but he's not bringing, you know, the speed element that you're kind of looking for or even the physicality element. He does bring skill and he does bring competency. And I'm a big Godet fan. But at yeah. this point, it's not going to change the complexion of your lineup in the bottom six. That's why I do expect McEwen to stay in. And, you know, that play, you're right. I mean, he does lose Falk. But if you watch that play kind of develop, too, he's expecting Troy to make the right play. And if Troy yeah. makes the right play and just moves it over to Edler, he's, he's heading down the other way. The puck's getting transition. He probably is the first guy down on the forecheck, and he might be able to, you know, grind the puck along the walls. With more experience, perhaps, or if he is playing that a bit less aggressively, then maybe he can hedge and not allow Falk to get behind them. But at that point, you're really expecting Troy to make the play. So that's the way I viewed that all unfolding. But you're right, in general, McEwen didn't really have a strong game. He only played, like, you know, less than six minutes or whatever it was, ice time. Jake played 14 minutes, and he still had ice time and overtime after the penalty. That tells yeah. you quite a bit about it, what Travis felt about his game. So, again, I'm not expecting a lineup change, and I don't think Myers is ready either yet for the game. Yeah, and that'll make it tough. I mean, with and the, the McEwen play, it's interesting because it's with, as a fan on any play at any time in the game, it's so easy to magnify things and slow things down right. and start uh, pointing blame to some people. But it, something to be said for as well, that play happening in the first period, I guess maybe mm-hmm. the, the last thing I would say about it is that you'd hope that McEwen makes a different play in the third period if it's a different score. Yes. I, I understand the different yeah. style of play depending on the time of game. Um, and, yeah, the, the time of ice, maybe we can move to that, Josh. I don't know if you, if you knew about the Tyler Mott time of ice. That kind of is one of the – I'm not mad about it. I'm definitely very curious. He played more than Pedersen Holy shit. in the game. I mean, the, you, you pointed out yeah. last night, Sat, that uh, I think Pedersen had one more shift than him, but even just the amount of time, it's yeah. crazy, eh? That's wild. Oh, it is. Uh, it is. It's absolutely. So I, I have a lot of time for Travis. If you look at what he has done through the playoffs so far, he's essentially hit on every button he's pushed, right? It, it has worked out essentially. Mm-hmm. Last night was the first night I felt he got outcoached. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. from having the matchup of Berube still being able to get the, the Ryan O'Reilly line out as much as he wanted. And, you know, he got the Pedersen line away from those guys, but Berube did a really good job of getting those guys out there a lot still anyways to limit a lot of chances. And when the Blues went down to a three-line game, so did the Canucks, which, hey, that's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it seemed like it was Berube who dictated that matchup a lot. And I do think Mott's deployment may have gotten away from them a bit. He was moving well, he was hustling, and I guess they want to have him as being the shutdown guy or at least the guy that's going to be pestering the top guys for the Blues a lot. But in a playoff game, you have a chance to go up 3 nothing. Tyler Mott can have more ice time than JT Miller, Elias Pedersen, and yeah. any forward not named Brock Besser and Bo Horvat, right? Like, so that shouldn't be happening in, in a game like that. But here's the thing, too. I do believe that Travis was kind of hedging with tonight's game, too. Because if you're looking at it from a big-picture yeah. chess match perspective, you're probably not expecting to win both games on a back-to-back. And the no. Blues are still a good team, and they were still in both games. And despite you being up to nothing, it's not like you were dominating both games and, and you feel like you, you got these guys in the bag. So to some degree, he was hedging ahead of this game. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if it pays off or not. But if you're looking at that game in isolation, I'm with you. I do not love the deployment. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think the one thing as well to look at, like, I feel like in the third period, um, overtime, especially like, it seemed like obviously like both teams kind of shortened their bench, like the fourth line wasn't really coming out as much, um, if at all, but it more so the physicality, like, I feel like Vancouver's game plan was kind of coming into this, uh, series was obviously using their speed, trying to get around the grit that St. Louis has. Um, but it seems like in, in like third period overtime, like they were just, getting dummied along the boards, like puck battles, physicality, like, are, like, are you worried that, you know, maybe Vancouver, you know, might start to try and match that physical game? Or do you think they might like maybe St. Louis to start to figure some stuff out in terms of like, Hey, if we actually like, you know, wear these guys down when they shorten their bench, cause you're going to get tired when you're getting beat up, obviously a lot more if you're only running third lines or three lines, I should say. So are you worried about that? It's definitely a concern, especially when you start looking at the guys who played a lot less. Roussel's supposed to be an agitator and bring some physicality. Right. He played less than 10 minutes, right? Same with Zach yeah. McEwen. So those are two guys you're kind of expecting to bring or match that physicality in the bottom six for the Blues. And yes, totally. that, you know, the, the fourth line didn't play a lot. They have McEachern and a couple other guys that can get in on the fourth. They can have physicality too. But still, that's a couple of guys you're kind of banking on and saying, well, if Roussel can play his, you know, agitating style to a T – and get guys off his game and be physical and muck things up and just, you know, be a good two-way player throughout everything. He can be a big factor here for your team. But he's been a massive disappointment, right? Because he's been so unreliable in the bottom six. He's had a goal against the Wild. He's had some moments, but he's taken some bad penalties. He's not mm-hmm. skating all that great despite having the time off. I was really expecting him to be a lot quicker and feeling a lot better after the layoff. And it's been over a year now since he had that devastating knee injury. So, you know, I I do think the Canucks have some players that could match it, but those guys aren't playing a lot. And for the game tonight, I do think the Canucks have to start getting back to creating some more chances through transition and try to take advantage of that. If you're trying to just battle the blues, they will win that battle because they are the better team, you know, in the trenches and down low. But yeah. Canucks do play a better all-around style in the playoffs, and they're defending well, generally speaking. And as far as their structure goes, I've been really impressed with how the Canucks play in their own zone. It got away from them through the neutral zone yesterday, which has to get rectified. But if you're just looking at mucking it up and fighting tooth and nail against the Blues, clearly they're going to have that advantage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um so looking forward to this game coming up here. I mean, there's, there's many different ways this script can unfold. Um, and maybe, maybe you can actually help me enlighten myself about, because I, I, I never really tried to understand and, and researched how the referees, like how the rotation works on, on the games. Um, someone did tell me last night that the refs of last game were known for not calling that many penalties so far, and there was only two aside. Um, obviously, so far every game, the Canucks have won the special teams battle, and the more penalties that are called, I think we can all agree it favors the Canucks. Um, I'm not sure who the refs are tonight, but I think that's obviously a script that can really go to our favor if, if we each, I don't know, four aside, five aside. So um, mm-hmm. is that something that you know anything about with the refs or have you looked into yourself? Well, I do know that different referee groups have different tendencies. And once you start getting through the middle of the first round here and you know, getting deeper into the series, generally you see the whistles get put away a lot. Oh, yeah. But if you, you know what I mean? So it, it kind of heads towards that. But yeah, the more experienced officials you have and guys that have a propensity to call less, you're going to kind of know what to expect. And the Canucks have only had five power plays the last two games combined. And we see in games where they've had like seven in a game, right? So yeah. they're not quite getting those possibilities. The game tonight, however, if the officials just call this straight, there's probably going to be a lot more infractions. The second night of a back-to-back, they went into overtime. Players are going to 
be mentally fatigued at some point. You're going to see some lazy plays or players making mistakes that are going to lead to some breakdowns. So I'm thinking it's going to be really fascinating to see if the officials call the game because I do expect it to be a lot sloppier tonight compared to what we saw last night. Yeah, I also think just like like you said, like coming off a of back-to-back, the fatigue. And, um, yeah. and I feel like yesterday's game, like a lot of things – I think Elijah just said this as well. It's like a, a lot of things were sliding yesterday on both ends, which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think obviously with this, like, you know, you don't really get a data kind of, you know, not necessarily hate the other guy. Like you're seeing these guys like less than 24 hours after, like there's no day in between games. Like I feel like there also could be a little bit of stuff that's going to obviously come from last game into this game. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. It's a big challenge for them too, right? The only time they've lost the game was game one against the Wild. They won five in a row, and part of the battle in the playoff is how do you bounce back from getting dropped? I mean, the Blues in the Stanley Cup final against the Bruins, they were down early in that series. I think there was a game they lost like 7-2 in the Stanley Cup final. They ultimately won in seven games. You're going to have to learn how to bounce back from tough defeats in the playoffs. That's part of becoming you know a seasoned playoff team and winning more than one or two rounds or at least winning a round you have to overcome adversity you have to overcome tough losses and if you can't well you're never going to go deep in the playoffs so this was always inevitable they're always going to lose a game they're always going to have a moment where you're going to sit there and doubt them and think their backs are against the wall and the moment is here now how do they bounce back from this tonight shut up yeah, that's Andrew Walker chiming in. <laughs> I love that. Classic. <laughs> Classic Walker. Yeah. There's the unfiltered <laughs> version right there. You know what? Maybe yeah, we're in the studio. We, we've been doing the shows. We're doing all the games from the studio. So I'm nice. sitting here in the boss's office because the boss isn't here. And he just came in and started yelling. <laughs> okay. It's kind of like the Iron Throne. Huh? You're just getting a feel <laughs> yeah. for it. You know, a little displacement yeah. idea here. Tell Walker that you're going to drink him under the table Yeah. after tonight's game, whether they win or lose. <laughs> but I, I would do that with caution. If you're going to challenge one of the Prairie boys to a drinking competition, you might end up blacked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you I, might I, die. Like, yeah. you might end up at VGH yeah. if you're not careful. You might be doing the intermission talk, getting your stomach pumped while it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. I've, I've, I've been friends with Walks for many years. And uh, so we, we have grown accustomed to that. And I had a roommate back in Alberta for three years in, in Edson who was from Saskatchewan. So I got initiated at a very, very early age in, in, into Prairie Boy drinking capacity. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. And the only yeah. time I got hazed in, in sports too, the the leader of the clan, he was uh, he was from Regina as well. So I mean, <laughs> man, Edward yeah. Forty Hands was out to play that night, and it was not fun. Go figure, right? Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know what? I actually got another radio question for you, and and you're gonna have to kind of follow my 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 brain path here. It's it might be a bit confusing. Just hopefully you can keep up with it. So I I kind of I've thought back to maybe just a unique way that Demko finds his way in net tonight. And I thought back to the funny situation where Luongo and Sabarin, where Luongo had to leave to go take a dump. I thought, okay, maybe that happens. And I thought to myself, man, that's something you only get with live sports. And I thought to myself, you know, the only other thing, well, one of the other things that's live is radio. And so I'm just wondering, have you and Walks ever had like a situation where, you know, like maybe last night's food isn't sitting too well. You're like in in the heat of a huge pregame and you're like, oh man, nature calls. Well, I've had those moments for sure. I mean, we've done enough radio. You're going to have moments you're not feeling well and things like start, you know, happening for What's the I think, protocol? You, know, you got a code word or something? You know, I, I got to say, I've been fortunate enough where I haven't, uh, you know, had to issue a, cor- a code red and run out of the studio mid-segment before. Yeah. But I have struggled <laughs> to get to the end of a segment or be like, 
Listen, it is it is four eighteen. We usually break at four twenty three. I'm out. Like we're gonna have a longer segment coming up yeah. next. And like, <laughs> like maybe we run your budget breaking muffler out a couple times extra. Just give him free ad, you know. But it, it, like it, yeah, one of the most nerve wracking things is when you're not feeling hundred percent. And now, obviously, with everything going on, you're not feeling hundred percent. You don't show up and work, of course. Yeah. But this is you know going back. You know, pre pandemic when a lot of things were different in life. But you know, you have moments where you're like, you're, the show's about to start, and you just feel your stomach go, oh man. Oh no. And it's like, literally <laughs> the intro starts and you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna get through these 20 minutes here. Like those moments we've all been through those. Yeah, I've never yeah. had a disaster on here, thankfully. So I can, I can, I can hold to that. <laughs> I was hoping honestly that you were going to give me and Elijah like a safe word. So I could forever listen to the show. I'm like, Oh, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> he said volcano. It's happening. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. You know, I haven't come up with a safe word yet for on air. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm overestimating. Yeah. myself a little bit here i maybe you know you guys just made me think about it like i'm, I'm all about being prepared and having contingencies i did yeah. not have a safe word for that contingency you have just reframed how i have to think about my life I'm there you go well, i think i think if your yeah. stomach's ever weak and you're thinking you're gonna yak you just gotta you gotta let the callers call in and then you'll you'll have you're gonna get a stupid caller eventually it happens in vancouver pretty frequently so after he hangs <laughs> up you say, say dude that was yeah. such a bad take it made me puke yeah <laughs> and there you go hey that's not a bad Maybe I should, uh, maybe you guys should tell me what a good word would be. And I'll, I'll use that from here on. And like, should we do something? I spin off off stick and rink pod yeah. or something. Like, <laughs> there you go. Just say, yeah, I saw something. a photo of the stick and rink boys. I'm not feeling too well now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last, last question. Cause I know you're, uh, we know you're tight for time here. So Jake Allen yesterday, unreal game. I thought he played yeah. pretty well. Um, I would assume he's going to get the start today. Um, obviously, uh, do you think he overperformed? And if he did, do you think that the Canucks have a really good shot at winning tonight overall? I don't think he overperformed because he's been really good this year when he has played. And Bennington had been the number one goalie. But when mm -hmm. Allen played, he was the superior goalie. And it wasn't that long ago before his game kind of fell apart last season yeah. where he was a young and up-and-coming goalie. Like, he does have some pedigree. He has some ability. And he looked mm -hmm. really solid last night. And then see a guy who was – struggling in net or was unconfident like he was square to pucks he was filling the net well he was moving well he was confident he was freezing pucks really well he was like velcro yeah. at times i thought jake mm -hmm. allen was really impressive the only thing that might get to him tonight is he hasn't played a back-to-back -back in two years and he hasn't played a lot of hockey recently and as focused as he was does he have a bit of you know a lack of focus at times yeah, tonight so stamp, i do right? yeah exactly so i do expect that he would play and we don't know yet for the blues i mean maybe they do call an audible and go to bennington but i would guess they ride the hot hand but yeah i thought he was completely great last night and completely value for the victory and you kind of hope if you're the canucks that he is maybe a little mentally fatigued at times and perhaps it's a bit easier to get a couple pucks by him yeah, definitely. And so uh, I'm going to hit you with the last, last question here. Uh, maybe give us a headline or a tagline or like a, a bold prediction so that we can just put it all over our social media. Satshaw predicts this. Satshaw claims this. About tonight's game. Uh, oh, about tonight's game. Uh, Canucks win. How about that? Canucks win, take a 3 1 series. Lead. Sick one. Thanks for coming on, buddy. There you Jesus go. Christ. Uh, there you go. Go do depth for us. What do you want me to say? Something like Jake Vertanen scores yeah. four goals and uh, the market just gets completely inebriated, doesn't show up to work on. Well, Tuesday, whatever, whatever, the middle, yeah. whatever the middle of those two statements <laughs> is. I, like maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Canucks win, Vertan scores four goals. So yeah, the healthy medium. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that's in the realm uh, of it. Tyler Mott leads all forwards in ice time. Tyler Mott plays 26 minutes tonight. 
There you go. That's, a, that's shit, a betting line a right there. Take. take the mortgage out. Let's go. <laughs> Bet it on the line. There you go. All right. We can't thank Satshaw enough for coming on the show, guys. Uh, maybe one day we'll be the A-list celebrity. Um, and whenever you want to announce that Stick and Rink is the new podcast, joining the program. Just let us know. Uh, we got the pens yeah. ready to sign the contract, so don't worry about it. Listen, I've been really impressed with uh, how well this show has been sounding, to be honest with you. So I'll, I'll put in a good word, and maybe, just maybe, you guys can – Appreciate that, man. Break and All right. Just do a show with Andrew Walker. Yeah, just just of, wait until you, know, you meet us in no person. Bags. You'll be like, holy fuck, uh, what did I just do? Yeah. Do these guys even own an airbrush? Like, is that yeah. a thing? <laughs> Dude, right. you guys see my bad hair days if you think that's bad. But hey, oh. that's well, a different conversation. Radio, for a different so you're day. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Good stuff. All right, have a good one, man. Adios. You see too. Ya. Find out the beginning. All right, we hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Satyar Shaw. We call him Sats, or Sat for short. Uh, what a guy, dude. What a guy. And I love how we had a small guest appearance from Andrew Walker going, shut the <laughs> fuck up. <Yeah. laughs> I died. Yeah. That was actually hilarious. <laughs> hey, dude, this isn't, we're not outside Mosaic right now. You got to chill out, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we're in Vancouver. You Just can't a banjo like picking. Actually, never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to finish that bite sentence. your fucking time. Sorry, Walker. <laughs> uh, no, but it is now time for everybody's favorite segment in the podcasting community. It's... Uh, the Three Musketeers bringing you the another segment of Goats and Woats. Did you just the like stub of all your times. dick on, on your tongue or something? Or what, what? what do you mean? Raph cut it. He fixed it. It sounded normal. Oh, okay. So I paused. Cool. So what were you talking about? There was nothing that happened. What heist? <laughs> what, what heist? <laughs> Don't ever talk to anyone about it. What, what do you mean? Best balls, boys. <laughs> we're doing the greatest of all times and the worst of all times. Balls. Just types of balls. Take it for what you will. How are Starting with uh, our goats. How are we doing this? Raffle, you're starting today. Yeah, Raff is going to start. My number one all-time best ball is... No, I'm not going to make a sex joke out of this one. The lacrosse ball. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Give me okay. a thought. What's the thought here? You can deal some fucking gnarly damage with it if it pelts someone. Leaving wells for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's got a good bounce, so it's fun. Dude, those things. <laughs> and it's you fun. spike that thing off pavement. It's going. She's going. Dude, it's an adult bouncy ball. Dude, That's it's it in is. fucking orbit, dude. Yeah. Like yeah. it's in the atmosphere. And then lastly, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, my muscles are very tight. I'm a very tight guy, so I just use it to roll out all the oh, roll out all the kinks yeah. in my legs, my arm, my it's, back. It's a mid twenties yeah. kind of ball. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it. It's a quality. That's why ball. it is my number one grade A ball. Nice. I'll uh, I'll round, I'll follow it up here with my number one pick for greatest of all time ball is the classic red dodgeball. Oh, we are going we are fuck. going the I didn't true underdog that. story I of the Ben Stiller Vince Vaughn dodgeball like that throws duck, me back. Dip, duck dive and dodge. Duck, duck dodge <laughs> it's, dip, it's, dive and no, dodge. It, no, yeah. it's dodge duck dip dive and dodge. Yeah, dodge twice. <laughs> From yeah, you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of the best scenes ever. One of the best clips of all time. Um, <laughs> and then the, <laughs> yeah. the purple cobras. Yeah, fucking Ben Stiller. <laughs> Such a good movie. Such a good ball. What a ball, though. Yeah. Um, just a bit of my it's opinion. It's a pure is that, sound, too. Like, if you don't think that's this... <laughs> yeah, if you don't think society's going soft on us, go to a fucking elementary school or a summer camp and you'll see them using those styrofoam ball. fucking balls. You know what yeah. I just thought of? Kick it old school. Use the red dodgeballs. <laughs> just, I just thought about the sound of a dodgeball pelting someone in the face. Yeah. A little thing. Yeah, and we've, like all, we've all been in PE class and we've all said like, oh, should I throw it at the girl? And you, in your head, you're like, fuck it. And you go 100%. <laughs> but don't you guys remember? You smoke her. 
But do you guys remember like the uh, like the show Recess too? Like they used those dodgeballs for kickball. Yeah. Oh yeah. And fuck, they flew, man. Like if you wore like fucking steel toe boots, dude. Like that's like steroids in kickball. Like, Did you ever play kickball with those ones? With steel toes? No. <laughs> oh, <what> the- <laughs> just slide in the second. Just just break someone's shin. Sorry, buddy. As a nine-year-old showing up in steel toes. <laughs> Did it make steel toes that small? You still I had a steel pair. Toes? I had a pair. When you were a kid? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um. No, but you play kickball with a red dodgeball? Yeah. Yeah, it was sick, dude. Like, if you if you had any athletic ability, you could kick that past anyone. Gone. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, there's a brief thing in my memory, and I may not. I may even just make this up, but I feel like it may have happened. I didn't do it, but I remember playing kickball, red dodgeball, the pitcher. Like, they roll it. Yeah. And you know, like a fucking like ball hit back up to the mound. I'm pretty sure like someone got like, smoked directly in the face, like it was a line driving, oh like knocked out. That'll teach them to roll it too hard at you, right? Yeah, Josh, um, your first ball. Fuck boys. Uh, the number one is an all around. Like it kind of it. It can help Raph a little bit. It's not as hard, but the tennis ball, dude. Okay. Oh, yeah. Dude, the tennis ball is you can play. If you don't have a hockey ball, that's okay. The tennis ball will do. You know, it might even suffice for a fucking baseball. It'll fly. It'll fly like the wind fucking blows. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've just always like, I've always been a fan of like just a nice ball that you can hold in your hand. And if you whip it at someone, It'll hurt, won't kill him like Rascal Lacrosse Ball. Yeah, no. <laughs> but like it'll it'll provide like a bit of a burn or something like that. So it, yeah. you know what? You know where I, I rank tennis balls in the mediocre balls category? They're not bad. They're not good. I love tennis balls, dude. I love them. I don't know why. Does if I showed you like a bathtub dogs full of tennis love them. balls? True. So, That's true. like it's like the number if dogs love them, dude, how how can like People does not love a tennis ball, dude. If if you bring uh, Marley and me, Marley the dog for me, you ask him number one tennis, number one ball in the world. He says tennis ball. I'm so here on, on something there. Can I can I ask you guys a side question? Sure. Oh god. What do you think is the most mass produced ball on the planet? Fuck. That's a good question. A wait. Oh wait. Wait. Question. Do you not have the answer? No. I'm just asking. <laughs> oh well. Fuck this. I don't know. <laughs> dude. I don't know. <laughs> Um, tennis balls for the majors, like they go through a lot, but you, you there's got to be something else. Okay, they go here, through a here's lot of. one. Here's one. Uh, soccer ball. It's a worldwide sport. Yeah, but the only, a, you only need one ball to play. What about a uh, maybe what, like in a professional game you use ten? I wonder. I mean, dude, like think of baseball, dude. A ball lands in the dirt. They throw it yeah. off to the side. How many ba- how many baseballs do they have ready at the game? Oh, I think they probably have like 100 official game balls. Yeah, I would say 150 official I mean, like game the balls? NFL, like in one game, I think they have 30 footballs. It's not fucked. Tom Brady deflates 15 of them before every game, but <laughs> they've got 30. <laughs> that's something. Each Rob, team provides 15, I'm pretty sure. I remember reading about that deflate gate, actually. Shit, dude. Okay, yeah. Ralph, here, let, me, let me hear your second round pick here. I think he's Googling this. I'm trying to find it. It's a. Apparently, it's a lot more difficult of a question than just to tell me which ball gets produced the most. Yeah. Um, my second one is we were just talking about it, the classic, the soccer ball. Yeah. yeah. Anytime anybody brings up balls, I just <laughs> I just I'd think of soccer balls like my go-to. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't probably know. right up there with uh, things that I wish I was better with because I look like a giraffe when I try and kick a soccer ball around, just yeah. stiff legs everywhere. <laughs> it's just all about the finesse. 
It is, yeah. It's all about the flick. You, you just, just gotta, the flick of the wrist, but the flick of the ankle. Can the you flick do it? Of the toe. Yeah. All right. My next pick here is the perfect street hockey ball. Now, obviously, the little orange balls. Where are it we going varies. Hard, hard or soft? That's what it is. It's the perfect one. Yeah. It's right. Right. It's not the one that, like, spot. if you get like, if you shop block, it's gonna like collapse along. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also just like it'll still bounce and shit. Yeah. Like yeah. we've we've had those orange <laughs> balls that you literally throw on the ground and it bounces, and you're like, all right. That's not great. That's pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. And then you and I are in goal for street hockey. And we're just <laughs> taking clappers with the hard balls. I'm like, can we not use these? Please? And then there's the other side where they're like too squishy, where you can't even stick handle them. Like they just like drag no. on the ground. Yeah, and they like and your and your tape and your stick actually goes yeah. over the ball. It's exactly. Annoying. And the other so the other part of having the perfect street hockey ball is it kind of goes hand in hand. Is you got to have like whatever your street hockey crew was growing up. You got to make sure your goalie's not a pussy. Because mm-hmm. we were saying tennis balls earlier for for hockey, we all did that maybe a bit younger. Yeah. But once you get old enough to start shooting the orange the balls, hockey balls, baby, you need to nominate a friend who's who's just who's <laughs> taking the crew. He's just getting welts, man. He's, <laughs> he lets us play with orange balls, and he's taking welts. Yeah, and that was Jay Cheese, Justin Cheeseman, yeah, also known as out. the Gooch, the Gooch, and we had a <laughs> the Gooch. Dude, we had we had like oh. such shitty road hockey pads for him. Other than the the leg pads were good, it was like ice hockey pads. But like the shitty chest protector he had, he used electrical tape and he wrote the gooch on it. it was That's sick. sick. Yeah, That's actually a sick name. Do you imagine like actually being a professional athlete and coming out of like junior year nicknames the gooch? <laughs> Dude, like you would be a legend no matter yeah, what league electric. you played in. Josh, go ahead. Um, my next one is the volleyball. So oh, we got oh, in the goats, baby. Yeah, so kind of echoing uh, what you said with the soccer ball and you're like i look like a draft dude if you kick a volleyball dude you feel like fucking cristiano ronaldo those things (laughs) sail they go (laughs) like (laughs) they'll go far and honestly like i never played volleyball but like actually like in a league but i like playing volleyball it's It's, actually like a fun fun sport to play it's a great co-ed recreational drop-in sport your fucking forearms just turn red yeah. Um. When everyone just starts spiking it at each other, and you're diving for bumps, but it's okay. You know what? You know what we'll do when the world's back to normal is I'll take you guys to watch a CIS volleyball game, like just Trinity Western or UBC. Yeah. It's actually sick. Like it's the, intense. Yeah. They the athletes that, that play it are they're great. Yeah. Love watching it. Um. Uh, Who's up, Raph? Yeah. Raph with your final pick. My final uh, goat is the ping pong ball. Ooh, otherwise known as the beer pong ball. The beer pong ball. (laughs) I was going to put the multi purpose. Yes. Okay. I have that kind of in my car. You can play some good old table tennis. Yeah. A little bit of table tennis. You can play some beer pong, some skadoosh. Tons of games. Also known as stack cup. Yeah. A little bit of chandelier. How long have drinking games been around for? (laughs) It's like like in uh, Neighbors. Remember when they're talking about like the history of the friend and everything yeah. like that? And they go through all the drinking games, like how they came up with beer pong yeah, the and then creation of beer pong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, Someone sunk the cup <laughs> and shoeies. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously though, like when like uh, growing up, I didn't hear about like when I say drinking games too, I mean like ping pong ball drinking games, like not card games. Those have been around forever. Yeah. yeah. But um, I like, wonder if it's one of those things. It's like two guys or like two girls are being like, "Hey, I have a ping pong ball here." And they probably just have a drink. They probably just have a drink next to them. And they're like, yo, I'll bet that I can 
throw this in your cup and if i get it in you have to drink well do you not do you not remember the scene of neighbors that i'm talking about no so it's like they're talking about the history of the frat and all the games and everything and like how they all started drinking and hanging out together and it's two guys and they're just playing ping pong and their beers are on the edge of the table and then the ping pong ball bounces into one guy's beer and he just looks at it and he just chugs the beer <laughs> and, then, and then suddenly ping pong was made yeah. that's sick <laughs> or beer, beer pong, pong was made yeah, yeah, yeah. love it there's gotta be some history there so elijah uh last pick for goats i've got those balls that you those balls that are at, at swimming pools that are kind of like the size of a volleyball they're kind of squishy and you could throw them really hard and they skip across the water okay i don't really know what they're called yeah they're called water balls they're not water polo balls because those are stiff yeah those you need to be able to palm but these ones are like squishy rubber material okay kind of okay. like yeah so I like it there's some listener out there that knows what i'm talking about help me out yeah help me out send me the name of those balls okay josh yeah. last go um honestly for me it's it's the golf ball there you go the pro v's dude honestly like the fact that there are so many different brands of a ball like you can get like i, I don't know there's like different ball flights and like what they're made of and yeah i think also like the actual technology that goes into a golf ball is actually crazy agree like how much spin and shit like all the that dimples yeah the dimples on the ball it gets nuts yeah um and plus huge golf guy i lose a lot of them so i have a great appreciation for them yeah um so when i don't lose balls i'm like fuck yeah i'm like let's go uh but yeah good choice woats on the woats raf and we're gonna go back from raf to josh and you're gonna go last the golf ball Why? I hate the golf ball. Because I don't know. Because you can't fucking play? 100% yes. Dude, how the fuck I think is there's... the golf ball not the most mass produced? Like, think of it every might be. driving range. There's like 2,000 balls on the range alone. Yeah. Yeah, but how, also how, how popular do you think golf is in some countries? Africa. Yeah. Africa and, and yeah. even most some of Asia and Europe. See, like yeah. South, South yeah, America. Like, it probably can't be the most popular sport. Yeah. True. Central America. I don't yeah. really. Like, yeah. there's a couple of countries, but... But you're right. I mean, but how many how many soccer balls do you think the Whitecaps have? Like, that's a small BC soccer team. They probably have, like, I don't know, a few hundred. Yeah. A few hundred soccer balls true. Yeah. on hand. True, true. But that's also one club. Now, think about all the children's clubs and everything. Exactly. Yeah, think, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's a lot for one club. Yeah. Well, think about every time Jordan comes saying, I think about how many fucking soccer balls he brings. Yeah, this guy. Um, yeah. My Anyways, first... yeah, I hate the golf ball. <laughs> it's Josh's turn, by the way. It's a... F- oh, that's right. Fuck. Go ahead, Josh. Um... The woat is the soccer ball. No, I'm fucking with you. I just, <laughs> I just want to spite you. Um, honestly, my top one is the football. And no, it's not because I can't throw one, Bailey. <laughs> um, it actually, it kind of is that. But uh, it it's just like a single purpose. Like there is no – you can't use it for anything else. Mm-hmm. It's um, a one-dimensional If, if you want to kick it, it's probably harder to kick than it is to fucking throw um, if you actually try and aim it. Um and yeah, like it's and it's not even you. What's the word you were saying? It's not. It's what? not spherical. That's a huge word. I'm it's like even... one of the few balls that aren't spherical, but still considered a ball. Yeah, yeah. Why so the f- who the fuck's idea was that? But you know what though? There's something graceful about watching like the pros. Like any idiot can kick a fucking soccer ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like there's something majestic about watching like Patrick Mahomes like throw one 60 yards perfect spiral yeah just like on just target the flick of the wrist, like the aerodynamics yeah. of it all is is actually pretty cool yeah agreed. but just in terms of like general of how many people can actually throw something the football is not one of them true and it's very single purpose uh my first vote is going to be maltesers 
worst chocolate of all time. <laughs> I love Maltesers. <laughs> fucking worst. What? <laughs> fucking worst. What the fuck is that? Maltesers are like milk duds. A little circular, a little. What are the, what? what he's are gravitating away from sports balls, is what he's saying. Okay. Oh, yeah, we just said types of balls. They're balls, all right. They're more balls than footballs. They're spherical. That's true. Yeah. Fact. Bit of a stretch, but that's all right. I had to get my Malteser hate. Macadamia nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Those are round. <laughs> the almond is the fucking football version of the nut. <laughs> Quinoa. Yeah. Shit's round. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Stupid fucking. <laughs> Uh, the foosball. Oh, okay. yeah. Useless. I don't like the foosball. I think it's a fun game, awesome game, super fun to play. But you're literally just hitting a stone around a table that never that never rolls in your favor. Yeah, and it gets fucking stuck in the corner. <laughs> you just gotta lift the table a little bit or like jiggle it. And then yeah, it and then your friend to... bitches. And you're like, it's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. You know what? Um, that's a really good vote, actually. Yeah, really you're welcome. Considering yeah. that. <laughs> Considering it's 2020, foosball has a lot of flaws in it. Like the what, what what other game is there where like the ball can just get stuck in the field of play? Yeah, it just gets stuck. Golf. How the fuck does that happen? Yeah. Well, that's not in the field of play. You're not supposed to hit it there. Oh, true. But either way, um, my second pick. Uh, yeah, sorry. I think time. it's mine. Actually, Should nice I try, buddy. Messing that up, dude. Um, my I don't know if I want this to be like my second. This might actually even be my worst because I actually like the game of football, but I just don't like the actual way the ball goes. But my the top one is the beach ball. Is oh, really? St- that is the stupidest shit I ever. Like it. And that no, like, I'm dead one. serious, dude. Like, if Pardon? you bring a beach ball to a windy day, yeah, I could th- whip it at you <laughs> and poof, over my head. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, sick. Sick backspin, Josh. I yeah. didn't know you could do that. Um I just, it's so, like, what do you use it for? Yeah. Like, bring a regular ball. So, yeah, you bring a like beach ball to a ball to a beach. What are you doing with it? Well, seriously. What do you do with like, it? Like, what do kids Nothing. do with it? Nothing. They kick it and they lose it. goes in the water. They ask you to get it. Have you? Yeah. Way to go, kids. Have you never been to a concert where the crowd's just, like, popping up beach balls the whole time? Kind of cool visually, but, like, when it comes to you, you're like, oh, yeah. Can I, yeah. Can I, edit, can <laughs> I edit my goat? Go on. Why? The hamster ball. Human life hamster balls. Those things are sick. What are the hamster? Oh, those are oh, dope. Yo. Those are dope. Or like the ones at the trampoline park where they just put it over your yeah, yeah, face yeah, yeah. and you just run into people. Yeah, bubble yeah. soccer. Bubble like, soccer. It's like yeah, bubble ball. Yeah. Anyway, those are dope balls. Yeah, but beach balls fucking useless. I've actually got my my Maltese are passing on the way of me there because my first my actual like worst of all time ball is the wiffle ball. Literally the dumbest ball ever created. <laughs> Fuck Wait, is that balls. like the plastic ball with the holes in yeah, it? Yeah, it's the fucking worst. Yeah, see that to me is like the mix of the foosball and the beach ball. It doesn't <laughs> travel anywhere. It does nothing. And it's, yeah. <sighs> like, it's funny that you say that because that was going to be my last one. It's literally the bitch of all the balls. <laughs> it's such a bitch ball, <laughs> Because dude. all it takes is like, even when you're not looking, you step on it, it cracks. <laughs> Did you ever have a substitute teacher where he's like, all right, guys, we're playing floor hockey today in gym and you're like fuck yeah and then you see him pull out the, the wiffle ball you're like you're a fucking loser you're like, dude. how Look am i supposed real to take ball. fucking weber bombs from the point yeah. of the fucking wiffle ball and you wrist one and it goes just rises up and hits little timmy in the face and, oh <laughs> i fucked up whoopsies fucking wiffle ball worst of all time all right love it you guys gotta skip me i didn't have a backup oh no Elijah took my last one <laughs> okay you can't I'll, even go I'll sexual with it no 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 stinky balls my right <laughs> testicle <laughs> um Okay, well, I'll round us out here. Uh, one of the worst ones is the basketball. 
What? Reason? Uh, no. Still, reason you're, you're, being, you theme here. I have jammed my thumb <laughs> too many times on a basketball where like it fucking stinks for like yeah. two days, and you're like, I literally broke my hand. Yeah. Because like I just can't dribble a basketball properly, <laughs> and I'm uncoordinated, and it just <laughs> just slices your thumb up. So anyway, yeah, Crazy. that's mine. Uh, my last pick is going to be kind of similar to one of your goats, uh, cheap beer pong or ping pong balls. Yeah. The cheap ones. the cheap ones, the one we used for our lottery ball giveaway. Yeah. Those ones, like if I ever see that at a house party and you're trying to get me to play beer pong with that, I'm going to flip your table. Yeah. Don't pull that shit out. <laughs> I'm going to yard sale your beer. Yeah, this is 2020, dude. Get a fucking, get the three star yellow Quit ones. Quit being fucking cheap, dude. Yeah. Come get on. a regulation Olympic sized fucking ping pong ball and then we'll play. Get a pack of six and you're set for the night. Come there you on. go. Simple. Okay, my last ball is something I think I've only experienced. I don't know about you guys. I thought of one. I love this. There's, it's, we, it was this weird fucking ball. It was kind of like odd and hollow. And what you could do is you could press the top down and the bottom down and it collapsed it into like a flat plane and it'd become a frisbee. Oh, I hated those things. I was sitting there. I was like, this is, why do you have to put these two things together? <laughs> I remember. It's, it's not good at flying when you make it a fucking frisbee and Dude, it's not going to be a ball. When, either, I, so when, pointless. I, when I was bored at home, like I remember that ball was like always around and eventually, like, the stick, to make it into a Frisbee, like, it loses yeah, yeah. It, its thing. So, I'd sit there and kind of wait for it to, like, pop up and i try and <laughs> fucking catch it like the ADD kit that I have. <laughs> you know, like... Um, this is, like, when oh, your mom says, Josh, just go keep yourself busy, whatever. This is what you come up with. Yeah, here, seriously. Right? Like, you know, like, the... Uh, you guys have seen Finding Nemo, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, the guy that's, like, fucking addicted to bombs, bubbles, like, in the volcano in the fish tank? That's me. <laughs> Not surprised so at all. Good. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, no one asked for it. Like, no, no one no, asked Why for do that. you need this? Why'd yeah. you have to do that? <laughs> like, those are, that's one of those things where, like, Kevin O'Leary on Dragon's Den, like, fucking laughed it off and yeah. told him to get the fuck out of the show. Yeah. Like, that's what that this is. This guy, when he creates it, he's like, you know, people didn't know they needed this, but now they will. And yeah. instead, the way it worked is, no, we knew we didn't need that. Yeah. You know what? You know what? You know what's the opposite of that, though? What? The one thing that we didn't know we needed until we had it? Huh. Not it's not a bob, but it's a thing. The bop it. Fuck yeah, you're right, dude. Yeah. The no, bop it game, dude, bop it. Bop it was sick, <laughs> but bop it extreme was fucked. Is that the oh, four yeah. options? So yeah, so originally you had like pull it, twist it, and bop it. Right, yeah. that was the three. Then you had fucking flick it and spin, spin it. it. Uh, and then the, the typicals pull it twist it and then bob it like yeah. it was like a fucking steering wheel yeah. it almost teaches you how to drive as a kid because you're like Dude, one, <laughs> of our, <laughs> one of our friends had a mini bop it on the last road trip we did or like the last ride i was in yeah little mini bop it and so like my giant giant hands i'm literally holding it with like two fingers <laughs> you bop it like twist it <laughs> I'm, I'm using index fingers on each side to bop it dude we bop it <laughs> i love it, was it. Sick. bop it was sick uh whose turn is it that's it that's it did I do three woats already? Yeah. yeah. Maltesers. I did. Yeah, that's right. Maltesers, the I wiffle ball, around. and what was the last one? Uh, wiffle balls, right? No, no. I, uh, cheap beer pong balls. Oh, yeah. Sick. Good job. We did it. And that's episode 74, guys. We hope you enjoyed. We'll be back on Monday. Fuck yeah. Three, go two, Canucks, Canucks. go.